Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Red Men TV. Welcome to a special Around the League podcast sort of thing. It's not really about the normal stuff that we do. Um, obviously, the Around the League podcast is a, is a show that we do every week on the RedmenTV.com, and it's you know it's looking at the Premier League and football outside of Liverpool. Um, but we've often used it as well to cover more serious topics within football. We've used it to cover the Rainbow Laces campaign. We've used it to cover racism within football. Um, and while we're in this weird FA Cup slash international break hybrid, uh, we thought we'd produce a, a different show, a special show, um, covering a different sensitive topic that isn't covered in football enough it's an important topic and we thought we'd put it out on YouTube to hopefully drive a little bit of conversation around this and it is around sexual assault and sexual harassment in society and what football can be doing in general to help that um, and, to, and support their female football fans and all women um, you know who are affected by this issue so today I'm joined by Ross Chanley as always on the Around the League and I'm also joined by Amy Lawrence of the Redmen TV and Leanne Prescott who is a I mean work for BC Sport work for the Anfield Rap but for you know all you can find her in all kind of places um so you know we're gonna crack on with this um if obviously you know this is an important podcast as i said and i would implore everybody to, who's coming across this to listen to this and you know listen to what we're going to discuss but if you are here for the more light-hearted things like we do every week on the show then obviously it's just a one-week break you know obviously you can uh, head over to the website and check out all our other content and we'll be back next week with a more normal show but as i said this is more important so ross um i'll come to you first um, um, I want to start really by having a discussion about, you know, sort of why we're here, why we're doing this. Um, you know, I, I've been planning this for about a week, a little bit longer. Been, you know, I, I've had a list of guests, potential guests, but I always wanted us two to do it because I always felt as if really on a show like this, there needs to be good balance. There needs to be, you know, as much as obviously the experiences that we're probably going to hear from Amy and Leanne in a minute are probably the most important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, I think having you know, male thoughts on this as well and, and sort of our experiences of looking at the problem from the outside, I think is also, you know, an interesting and important angle on this. Um, well, obviously, this is more on the back of the Sarah Everard murder. You know, we'll, we'll just say it, you know, over the last couple of weeks and sort of the reaction that that's gained. What, right off the bat, like, you know, how what have you made of sort of the reaction to that and, you know, sort of the flood of stories coming out over the social media from lots of different women over the last week you know how has it made you feel um obviously shocked that the initial story was sarah everard but all the stuff that's kind of coming out is isn't really a surprise to me i think it i'm not surprised 
I'm just more surprised at the bravery of some people to come out and speak and feel comfortable doing it. But that's an important stage of kind of what we're doing, what what other people are doing it by saying I've had this experience. You know, the more people that speak about their experiences, the more comfortable people come talking about it, like like, like we all do. Um, and you know, it bringing to people's attention. You know, one of the things that we spoke about leading to doing this is kind of education, but it's not just education in the sense of what you're doing at school. It's people being aware of the situations like Sarah Everard can happen and it can happen to, to anyone, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um Leanne, I'll come to you first. Um I think I think obviously we both we're naturally gonna have very different perspectives on this. And and again, when I was trying to like source guests for maybe this show and maybe any other content that we do in the future, I've had chats with Mel Reddy, I've had chats with um, Lizzie Doyle at the Anfield Rap. And obviously like I have been surprised by the amount, the pure amount of stories and experiences that have come to light over the last 10 days or so now. But I don't think that, I, I imagine for, for both of you, I wouldn't want to speak for both of you, but like, I, I suppose that your perspective on it, that the chances are you won't be surprised. You know, this is something that, you know, as a woman you see and you perhaps experience yourself, but you know, you probably have heard a lot more stories before the last couple of weeks of maybe friends or colleagues experiencing these type of things. You know, I, I think it's probably a very different feeling for you to be seeing all of this yeah i think it's it's one that's obviously been kind of in the news a lot since sarah everard and mel's uh mel reddy's kind of article kind of shone a light on it and a lot of people came out and kind of were giving their experiences i think she then posted another article that went into more depth about the the number of different people who have suffered things like her and i guess for from my perspective it's it's not that it's surprising it's more that, as Ross said, it's it's great to see people coming out and kind of shining a light on it because it is something that needs to be talked about more. I think society is changing, it's developing, but, you know, social media, we all work with social media in our jobs. We all love social media to interact with people, but it's one of those situations that can turn from a very good environment to chat to people that have similar views to you to a place where this toxicity just exists and I think that's not to say, you know, you and Ross haven't have probably experienced some DMs that aren't very nice, some people calling you out for things that you don't deserve. But I, I would imagine Amy's probably been in similar situations to me where people kind of disregard your opinion or send you abuse off the back of an article or a tweet or just send you a, a DM out of the blue and it's just filled with abuse. And I think a lot of the time people kind of try to brush that under the carpet. They don't want to speak about it. So for me, the last few weeks has been really a case of people coming out and having the confidence to say, Mel shared her story or whoever it is has shared their story. I'm going to do the same. Amy, has there been enough, do you think, over the last few weeks? Like, as it, as it fills you with, you know, sort of confidence or, you know, as it... It's difficult to find the right word, but I don't know if reassurance is right, but like, has it made, has it, has, you know, have you been sort of, ah, God, what's the word? Like, have you, have you sort of not enjoyed? It's like, have you um, sort of appreciated the, has it made you feel any better about the fact that, you know, so many people are coming out and, you know, having the courage to share their stories or, you know, so far you, do you feel like, you know, there's still not being enough said or enough done? Um, I, I get what you mean. I think, more for me is that you can look at it two ways you can look at it as it's a almost good thing that people feel like they have that courage and that space to to sort of tell their stories and really highlight the issue further but then you also you can look at it from 
how sad that is to see how many people are actually affected by these things week in week out and a lot of people that you you necessarily see as, as role models as well which, which makes it even worse to, to think that it can literally happen to anyone so I'm sort of like in in two minds about it I think it's absolutely incredible some of the stories that I've read uh, especially on online and things like that because in the world of social media that's the best place to sort of spread the most awareness it reaches the most amount of people but equally I, I do find myself sitting and thinking sometimes wow there's just so many people that this has happened to and um it, it makes you sort of reflect a little bit and and maybe some things that I do in my day-to-day -day life I found other people do as well in, in, in just in terms of I don't know if I'm walking alone at night, I'll cross the street, things like that. So many other people do it as well. So it's nice to know that I'm not the only one, but it's also horrible to think that other people are feeling unsafe. How I do it, if that makes sense. Social media is like just so strange. I think that Leanne's kind of bang on there. You know, it's supposed to be somewhere you kind of go for escapism and kind of talk to people. But as someone who's probably but 10 years old and everybody else on, on this, this thing, like, I was brought up on sticks and stones may break your bones, that 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 kind of thing. It's nonsense. Like, you go on there, like, you know, just doing your own thing or promoting your own work, as Leanne said, or, or Amy does the same thing as well, but, you know, doing something that makes you feel good to go on there. And then, you know, I've had, I've had abuse, but not to the level that, that, that they would have had. You know, and it's that thing of, like, you can have 100 nice comments and you have one negative one, it ruins your day. You can be on your day off and look at, look at your phones and go, oh, whatever else. And it goes back to that that thing of education. I don't think as a whole, whether it's whether you're talking about how respect and how you should treat women or fellow human beings, racism, homophobia. I don't think there's been. I think there's been a massive increase in the use of social media. What you know in terms of technology, different sorts of platforms. But I don't think there's been a correlation between that and the education in schools of how to use it. Mm. And I almost think there's a culture now, and I might be wrong within schools of like you know like I was an idiot in school. And you do stuff in school like with your mates, and you go, "Oh yeah, I'll say this, I'll do that." It's like kind of someone, not, not bully people, but you know what I mean. You like, like jack the lad for like one of a better word. Is there now a culture in schools so that they go, "Oh yeah, I've seen this person on Twitter. Should I say this right there? Should I do that?" Because that's, that's what it feels like, doesn't it? Why, yeah. why on earth would some people come out with some of the stuff that they do and think it's acceptable, or to go into like you know someone's DMs and go and, and abuse someone or for anything? There's like loads of different things. It's a societal problem, isn't it? Not just, and I get, the, I get your point. Yeah. Football, football's part of that issue, yeah. and football is followed by so many people. It can help solve the problem and raise awareness. But it's just, Amy said, it's sad that there's that many people that you know use it for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, and and look, it's definitely something I will bring football back into it in a second for yeah. anybody for anybody that's listening and just be a little bit lost as, to, as you know to maybe why this is on this channel. I w it will come back to football shortly, but I wanted to take the first part of this podcast to sort of talk about because Ross is right; it's a societal problem, and football does link into it. And there is, I think, there's more things that football can be doing to, um, you know, to help with this issue. And, and, it, and again, it's something that we'll feed back to to later on. Um, but overall, I think we've got an opportunity here, and this is sort of where the idea for maybe this content piece of content came from, and and going forward, we've got an opportunity here to discuss it in our industry we're we, you know we as fan channels and obviously amy and amy and lauren black run the um Reven tv women's channel um you know but overall and I, you'd probably agree with this amy women's uh, sorry fan channels in general for football clubs like football is a very very dominated male industry 
So I think the chances are, it doesn't necessarily, it's not an issue that di directly affects many people in our industry or in football. You know, it, I, I can't necessarily say that for certain because, you know, some football players, male football players might have their own stories of, you know, sexual assault, it is possible. Um, but the chances are that the vast majority of them won't have experienced anything like that or, you know, won't have had to be on the end of the things that you're talking about. But so I think that obviously our industry as fan channels and content creators, we reflect that in a way because I know that I've never experienced it. And, you know, I, I, like, I don't know whether I don't know whether you have, you know, so I've never I've never heard any reports. I have no male friends who have been on the end of this. So give us a sum up, I suppose, of you know how that feels to be women working again in a very male dominated industry and maybe some of the challenges that you, you know you've had to face um it's 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 really difficult to sort of like sum it up i think when i mean ever since i was little i, I mean I've, football has always been told to me as a boy sport regardless of whether i'm playing it or watching it, it it's always felt like that i think definitely more in the last few years it's felt especially me myself learning more about the women's game in terms of professionally it, it's to me I'm sort of in that world of women's football can be for everyone because of the, the the community and the women's football sports side that me and Lauren are both involved with we see it more but the, the challenges would definitely be I feel like me personally I have to be over prepared I have to be really really clear on what i'm gonna say each time because if you let yourself slip on any sort of occasion whether that's something you're saying or something that you, you you've done um people can pick on it so much more easier and obviously it's not just females that do make mistakes everyone does but it sometimes feels from a, a female perspective that our mistakes get so much more highlighted than what a, a, a male's mistake might have been regardless of the sort of drastic measure of it um i think the one thing i do as well is i i this might just be a me thing but i sort of sometimes tend to shy away from either making a point or or saying something in terms of not wanting to wanting it to come across in a certain way or not wanting that negative response when it happens it's just i feel like i just have to think about it more and I mean, everyone to a certain extent has to, to think about what they're going to say. But because of that bracket of, oh, it's a female in football, you sort of feel like you have to be more prepared for it. But I think, Leanne, if we bring it back to more of the societal thing and what we've seen you know, more over the last couple of weeks, obviously there's been a handful of people. And you know, I'd like to think that a lot of the people that I know and that I consider to be respectable people have come out in, you know, real support and things like that and you know it's been good to see people sharing experiences and and trying to you know do their little bit but obviously there's this obviously there's been this kind of flip side to it as well with the not all men sort of attitude to it and basically you know I kind of see it as a very selfish mentality myself and I think the the point is that they're obviously they're trying to make that you know not everybody should be tarnished under the same brush but I think the point that I would be looking at is that you know, it might not be all men, but it's certainly all women. You know, 97% um, that, you know, the study that was, you know, sort of done was concluded that 97% of women have had some kind of experience in their lifetime. And, you know, 
the women who haven't had an experience are considered fortunate. You know, they consider themselves fortunate, which which is baffling, really. So it's it's a difficult mentality sometimes to shift, isn't it? Like, how do you... Ross is right, you know, it goes back from the education, but even now at this stage, okay, so we're past the education stage as school kids. How do we, you know... How do we get it through to people that, you know, women aren't saying that it's all men? How, you know, women aren't saying that every single man out there is a predator. But from a women's perspective, you have to tread very lightly and very careful, carefully. Um, because, you know, it, it's all women who are having this problem. Yeah, I think definitely it's the women who have not had some sort of incident are the exception rather than the rule. And I think from a, from a male perspective, I'd be interested to, to know what you and Ross think. But... I, I understand, you know, you you two, I know you very well. You're you're very supportive, always have been. There are people out there who aren't, though. And I think if your first reaction is when you hear these stories from women, you hear what people have, have had to suffer through is, yeah, but I don't do that as a man and I shouldn't be painted as the same brush rather than how awful is that that they've had to experience that. Then I think that that's kind of part of the problem. It, it should be shining a light on something that needs to be looked at rather than an opportunity for people to kind of look at themselves and feel bad for themselves because they're being tainted with a brush that, that doesn't reflect them. I don't think it's it's right. And I don't think anyone is saying that all men are kind of the problem. That's That's not what I've heard from any sort of channel or any person. But I think it's just raising awareness that these things have been swept under the carpet. People don't necessarily feel comfortable to to kind of raise them. I mean, Melissa Reddy in her article comes out and she says a lot of the time she gets all this abuse from social media. She brushes it off. She says it's nothing. She feels bad if she doesn't do a piece of work, even if something's happened to her. And for me, it's all it's all about kind of this stigma that we shouldn't say anything. We should just get on with it. it I know I keep coming back to the abuse of social media, but the two of you have probably had comments that say, you know, hurtful things you don't deserve. But if I'm on a video, a lot of the time I've had comments about the way I look or, oh, has is, is she just been invited on the channel to, like, tick a box? Is she someone's kid? Like, some of them are, are kind of amusing, bantery. You know, I look young. I don't don't mind that per se. But I think a lot of the time there's perceptions that you're on a channel not because you've you've earned the right to be on it you're you're not on a radio because you've earned the right to be on it it's because you're a box ticker and I do think that's why Amy's right you know we have to prepare more we have to feel more confident we have to really talk ourselves into these situations to be able to give our voice and if we do it's then that we feel like every word we say is being hang on so if you say anything wrong it's going to come back to bite you it's almost quite sad the fact that Mel's got, well, it's it's good and it's sad that Mel's got that mentality of like, oh, I'll just brush it off. Or it's actually quite sad the fact that those... Something that she has to do. Yeah, something that she has to do and the fact that she can deal with that because everyone's kind of different and, you know, no, not everyone will brush it off. Like, you know, I've had, like, the odd thing and, like, one thing's, like, fucking, like, really bothered me before. Mm. But it won't be to nothing to the, you know, the volume that, 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 that women will get. And it's also quite sad that that, that piece you kind of talk about, that, that bit of research, if someone's first reaction to that is, well, it's not me. No, it's 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 not everyone. Like you should be more concerned. It doesn't you, you should be you should be more concerned about the, how high that statistic is, more more than anything. Do you know what doesn't help though? When you obviously obviously in the in the way in the wake of all of this, and you know the, the vast majority of my social media timeline has been um, 
you know, supportive and, and, you know, warming about all of this. But when you have a person as influential as Piers Morgan sat, and I know he's left the show now, but he's sat on ITV every morning. And in that sort of perfect storm, it was very horribly timed from this sort of perspective, but in the sense of we've got this Meghan Markle interview and she's saying what she's talking about. And she's saying that, you know, she felt suicidal and she, you know, didn't feel safe or didn't work with everyone else. And he's got the audacity to sit there in front of millions of people and go that he doesn't believe her. Now, whether he likes it or not, in fact, I'm pretty sure he does like it. He knows he's a very influential person. That's such dangerous messaging. And yet, big broadcasting companies like ITV are, are letting it go out. And not only that, but they're playing it up for, or for the drama. They're playing the, you know, the dramatisation oh, side of it. Yeah. You see a few and clicks. And, you know, there's, there's probably the same thing goes for newspapers and online, online media. And I think I saw a few last week that were kind of highlighting this on the back of the Sarah Everard stuff of like, you know, uh, a woman was either sexually assaulted or something happened and the, the word of the, of the title was like, you know, because she wore a short dress. Yeah. Like, mainstream media is so many, uh, to do, relates to so many issues that are going on with, you know, things like, you know, racial abuse, homophobia and what, what we're talking about today because they can do so much more. But it's, again, we just bring that to the word of sad of like, why, why would you word something like that? Just to get fucking clicks. Well, who, uh, but what are the repercussions of that? It's a blame culture. Yeah. Men, men are, um, and I, I, you know, I don't know whether sometimes, Amy, you feel like you have to hold back on social media, and I wouldn't blame you if you do. And you know, I'm sure you have thoughts that you want to be able to just say and you know be able to say without any abuse coming back to you. But like men have, for the vast majority of us, gone through our lives, really, you know. On big levels, and talking about now, even you could look at the government right now, and and the with the way that they're handling the pandemic, and the account, you know, the lack of accountability that's being made. But in general, men don't have to take the blame for very much. Men don't have to be accountable for things. Men can men have a free pass in in a, in a lot of mistakes that they make because somebody covers for them, particularly men in power, and it all feeds down. You know, and we we talked the other week. Um, or I say the other week, probably before Christmas now, we had Emma Sanders on the show and it was a totally different subject about how like football players, whether they like it or not, they have an influence on young teenage men, you know, young young teenage boys around um, breaking lockdown rules. And, you know, whether, whether he thinks he is or not, Jack Grealish going out and breaking lockdown rules has an influence on you know, football fans who think that it's okay to do that. But it's the same, it's the same sort of vibe of when young teenage boys in the press, whether it's, again, it might be a subconscious thing, but when they see men getting away with these things, so this, with this police officer that, for the Sarah Everard murder, has he not been charged or he's, he's not going to be, I don't think he's been charged with the murder or he's, he's not going to be punished or he's, he's going to get off very lightly. And when you see things like that, it subconsciously drums into young lads that this the kind of thing's okay. Yeah, well, it's it, it no, it's never okay. That's probably the issue and what needs to be highlighted the most. I think the media have a really strange way of interpreting things sometimes, um, which it's it's difficult for us as females to see, especially when it's the case of, of, of this topic that we're talking about. Um, it, it almost feels like with the, taking it back to the whole Meghan Markle thing that you were talking about, like the 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 woman has come out and said how she's feeling, how she's coped, and then it's just been absolutely shut down by someone, and she's been called a liar basically for it. Um, so so think of how that reflects if someone's thinking about if 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 a young girl has had abuse and is thinking about talking to someone or coming out and explaining it, to have then someone like Piers Morgan shut it down. What what effect does that then have? 
on it could be younger it could be an older girl like what effect does that have so i think that the power of the media and social media is just so strong normally being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra and United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And it's, a, it's I think it, to make it better, it's about finding that balance of using it to one, highlight the issue, but then teach people the right way of how to do it. And, and, and if it comes from a footballing aspect, especially... They, they they have millions and millions of people who look up to them as role models, as, as figureheads. So it, it would be amazing for us as females to see that and to, for, for people to then follow on with, with what the, the, they're trying to show. So we're going to take a little bit of a break. We're going to go into a clip from the Redmond TV women's channel. They were very lucky enough to interview Vicky Jepson, former Liverpool FC manager. Um, she, I, I, I have it on good authority that she's a very good interview, but she did speak a little bit as well about, you know, sort of the topic that we've been talking about here, about, you know, being a woman working in the world of football. Obviously, you know, this is from a coaching perspective as well. So, yeah, here's a little bit of a clip. Do you feel as a female you have to go about being in the studio being on punditry a different way as to potentially how um your male counterpart who's doing the exact same job might have to you know what i never go there unprepared i am so prepared i have magic paper stuck on my wall with every player with stat like the stats that i knew the stats that i knew before i went up to do the burnley liverpool game i even spoke with uh, steve hunter i said to him I'm going on. I just left Liverpool as well. So my confidence was quite low um, and I was having a bit of a break and recharging, but I was like, I'm going to go and do this. Sky really want me to do it. And I spoke with Steve Hunter and I, we ran for a few things and I prepared myself so well because I knew if I slipped up and said one thing wrong, which males do as well, but it would be jumped on more if, if a female made a mistake. So you know, when I did the Man City Fiorentina game in the Champions League, um, had to drive to Leeds to do it 
in the studios. I was so prepared, but I actually, you know, I would make sure I could pronounce those Italian players' names right to the T. And I know that it probably wouldn't get more a lot of interest than it would a Premier League male game, but I over-prepare myself before I go on air because the last thing I want to do is is expose myself to a mistake that could be jumped upon. So yeah, so that was the clip from the podcast. You can view the full podcast um, out either now or it depends when you're watching this. Like it's going out at six o'clock on Monday. So it's either it, like the chances are you're probably watching it and it's out now on the Redmen TV women's channel. Um, Amy, do you want to give a little bit more into an insight of sort of that, you know, that world and, and you know, what she said there? Because it, I watched the clip this morning. It was really interesting. Um, but, you know, what, what sort of extra sort of, I guess, yeah, insight, you know, did you get from, you know, a former, you know, manager from the Women's Super League? Um, we got a lot, actually. She was really nice. Obviously, she's not really done too much in the sense of media, like like us, for example, since she she exited the job. Um, we just talked to her a lot about her experiences. I mean, she's been at the club for nearly, uh, for over 12 years, over a decade, which is a remarkable achievement, working in both men's, women's foundation, all, all of that sort of stuff. So she told us about her journey. She told us about when she managed the LFC legends, how much, how, how amazing that was, meeting some of the players, how much respect they had for her as a coach while it was going on. Um, and then she kind of just told us, obviously we had that conversation about her punditry. She's been on Sky Sports recently, how it feels to her as a, as a female being on there and uh, how she sort of prepares for things like that, which was, which was amazing to sort of see. And then she gave us a little bit of hint as to what she, she might be doing next, um, which is all very exciting. But um, props to Vicky for, for jumping on and having a chat with us. It was on Sunday as well. Felt really bad. Um, but it was honestly a great conversation. Um, and uh, she's she's been amazing to us ever since we started this channel, always giving us access. So it was really nice for her to take the time out to, to speak to us about loads of different things, really. Cool. Um, I will come straight back to you, actually, Amy, initially, because obviously, you know, you and Lauren have been running the women's channel for you know a good few years now and you know you've made a lot of connections in there and you know you've been fortunate enough I think to see a real strong period I think for women's football you know the growth over the last two years you know it's probably in the best stage that I've ever seen it obviously the news breaking today about the Sky deal which you know is going to bring in massive funding and it's you know it's probably going to be really positive um you know the Women's World Cup last uh, well 2019 now was you know a real I think it was a real I think from my perspective, it was certainly a success, um, you know, with, with England in particular getting so far and I think people taking great interest probably helped the fact that, you know, everybody got the World Cup fever the year before with the men's and then, you know, when, when, when England went so far again in the women's game, everybody kind of like, you know, jumped on the back of that. Um, but if we kind of link it back to, you know, sort of stuff that we've already been talking about and, that, you know, with the, with the way that I think women are maybe viewed by a lot of male supporters within the game, how... How do you think that affects the popularity or the reputation of the women's game? You know, what, what do you, when you look at, again, and it's a case of looking at social media, maybe it's a case of looking at, you know, some YouTube comments you might get, you know, some responses to articles written about the women's game or, you know, when the World Cup's on, some of the tweets that you've seen. Do you, do you think, again, it, it all feels linked to me. It feels like, you know, men are just so disregarding very quickly of the women's game in general you know why, why do you think that is why do you think that it has and, and do you think how do you think that changes um it's it's difficult to say i think a massive part of why men tend to or 
most football fans tend to disregard the women's game is because I've always related back to the fact that it's not been around as frequent and as long as the men's game. Obviously, there was the the ban um, several several years ago now, um, which completely threw women's football off the map. And um, I think it's been a rebuilding process ever since then to try and get up to a, a level which is similar to what the Premier League is. I think we're obviously a long way off. But more recently, I think the World Cup was brilliant because it brought in a new audience and that audience regarded to be pretty positive. I mean, you get the odd the odd thing that, that comes around, which, which is quite negative and, and quite daunting to see, but it brought in a, in a real audience. But... The issue we have with the women's game is the the pandemic absolutely destroyed whatever momentum we we had. No fans in, nothing like that. Um, so that sort of hindered it hindered it even further. But when you bring it back to the the side that we've been talking about, it's been it's it's really difficult because it's just down to stereotypes. The the amount of of comments that I see, which is like, oh, they. They don't know anything. It's not important. Oh, it's it's only lesbians that play football, or it's only this, this, and that. No one really watches it. I um I watched the video that Sky Sports put out this morning on their YouTube channel, which was about um obviously this new investment, and um the first ten comments were no one's going to watch this. What's the point? So and that sort of shows you how far away the game is and how it still might be regarded. I think we're fortunate with our channel, the community that we have on there is really positive and only that people want to watch it, come and watch it. We don't have people that just come across it and go, oh, this is horrible. It's people that actively choose to come and watch it. And that's probably the message. If you don't like it, you don't have to watch it. But why spit derogatory terms at people just because they watch it or they're a part of it, which I think is probably the main issue. I think, Leanne, that people probably don't understand or grasp really the damaging effect that that can have on, on the uh, on the females game. And again, I think there's a lot of parallels with just general society. Um, and it's something that I want to talk about. The uh, University of Alberta out in Canada, uh, this was something that, that I saw quite a lot out on the, um, on the socials over the last week. They did a lot of research. They've got a sexual assault centre out there, obviously supporting women and supporting victims of, of this problem. Um, but they, they provided, um, and I don't know how old it is but it was certainly something that was going around quite recently all around this pyramid what they call the pyramid of sexual violence and it had several layers to it and the idea was that you know at the very top of the pyramid there were you know very very serious sexual crimes such as you know murder rape things like that but then lower down the pyramid you've got things that you know should be taken more seriously so things like locker room banter rape jokes boys will be boys mentalities victim blaming and the idea was that you know as men maybe as young men you know sort of jump on to the pyramid at the bottom levels that for some people ends up developing and snowballing into you know more serious crimes higher up the pyramid but to bring it back to what we were talking about i think that there's parallels to that to just you know the way that the that women's football is viewed, I think, in the sense of people make jokes and people, you know, have say derogatory thing about the women ga women's game, not really taking themselves seriously, you know, thinking, oh, it's just a joke, it doesn't really matter, you know, I'm only joking. But actually what that is having is a monumental effect on other people who might see that and take it, you know, at, at face value and think that, oh, well, you know, maybe the women's sport isn't worth my time or maybe, you know, maybe it's not worth giving it a go. And that in the long term has a damaging effect to the sport. 
Yeah, definitely. I think it comes back to what Ross said earlier as well. You might get a hundred nice comments on social media, but it's usually that one mean comment that sticks with you. And I think a lot of people are very good at trying to hide the impact that those comments can have. And, and you know, that's great. Um, some people struggle with it a little bit more. I know myself, sometimes I've got comments and I've just thought like, that's, what's the point? You know, 20 people might have said, oh, I like, I like that article. And there'll be one person who's said something really rude done something really mean commented in the dm and you're going like what what's the point i mean i i wrote a piece on the women's football two days ago i had people commenting this morning and off the back of the sky sports video amy was talking about saying why do we need this what's the point in an overpaid women's team and i do think you're right it, it kind of comes back to that and there's just this stigma that because one person doesn't care no one should care there's no interest because i'm not interested in it well there's there's thousands millions of people that are and i think you know amy and lauren they work really hard on their channel they've got a really good following their good subscribers who actually genuinely care about women's football and that's great to see and that's kind of two fingers up to those people who won't give you the time of day you just got to keep doing what you're doing at the end of the day and, and kind of work harder and a different answer to that in it was your, I think it was your original question to Amy about, you know, the way that it's kind of portrayed. It's ignorance, isn't it? You know, it's exactly what Leanne's saying there. You know, I um, I texted text someone last week because they called people out on social media for like a, for a free abuse. And I was like, well, can I like, actually, am I for, for calling it out and seeing it as it is? And he's like, if you don't like it, like, just just don't follow me. And there'll be loads of people that follow Sky Sports News for stuff that they're interested in. But everyone thinks the world revolves around them or they'll take offence and they'll do, they'll do something else and... I used to compare someone to text him. I was like, I don't watch Coronation Street, but I don't tweet Norris giving him shit. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I just I just move on with my life. And this is the other sad side to social media. There'll be someone who won't who won't say something to Amy or Leanne or whoever else out there in the street, you know, if, if they saw them or that you you were talking about women's football or whatever else or whatever you're doing or your opinion on men's football, whatever. But they'll do it on social media for the likes. That's sad. You know, they're all guilty of doing it, whether it's a joke or whatever else, but like not always at someone else's expense or we you know what, what someone's trying to do or someone's grafting or someone's trying to better themselves or someone's trying to do something like Leanne does for the writing or Amy and Lauren do for their channel of doing something that they enjoy to better their, themselves or to, just to, you know, interact with other people who are want to be interactive, interacted with rather than someone that's going, well, women's football shit. What, what, what have you gained from that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's so hard to go when you get a negative talent to go, well, I pity that person because they've always got nothing better to do in their lives. When in fact, as, as Leanne says there, it's not as easy as that. You can just turn around and go, Pfft. you know I said before, you can check a comment on your day off, mood ruined, yeah. whatever else, but to have it on, on the vote, like I'd be interested to know if, like, if either of you thought about going, I can't be asked for social media anymore, just like turn the whole thing off and it, and it has ruined your day. Has that happened to either of you before? I think you have your moments. You have your moments where you're like, what's the point? <laughs> It's true. Like what you said as well, when people just comment things for the sake of it, it usually comes from people that don't actually understand or don't have any knowledge on it either. But that's it the ignorance, isn't it? They're not, the not, they're not willing thing. to learn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're not willing to take the time to look into it and go, you know what? There's some actually incredible female footballers out there. And I've actually seen it in my own eyes now. Whereas half of the people are like, just automatically, nah, I don't want to look at it. I don't want to see it. And then have the nerve to go, it's shit, but they don't know anything about it. That, I think that's the thing that frustrates me the most is when people don't take the time to really research something but already have formed an opinion on it and there's then no change in that opinion because they've already formed it but based on absolutely nothing. I have I, I have, I have, have things that I have so many 
things that I want to say about this. And I think in general, I think this, you know, if we're going to feed back to sort of the first topic and, and you know, around what footballers can be doing to help with this, I think football should be doing so much more. And it's great because we do have really strong campaigns against homophobia and against racism in football. And I said at the beginning of the show that, you know, they are they are more than likely or on more occasions, they are issues that probably affect more players on the pitch than sexual harassment does. But as we said before, 97% of women, um, you know, have experienced these issues in their lifetimes. Right now, all those women working in football who follow football who don't you know who don't follow football don't particularly care about football those women right now need Premier League players and clubs to stand up and 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 speak out against this a lot of culture of, uh, for a lot of men needs to change and and unfortunately probably you know, statistically there's probably some Premier League players who are guilty of this as well but we need to kind of move that to one side and you know get them to educate themselves and get them to educate other people you know, locker room banter, as I said before, body shaming, rape jokes, fits in blaming, boys will be boys mentality. All of those things only exist to create a stigma for acceptance around even more serious sexual offences. And, you know, they need to be called out more often. And I think that the influence of Premier League players, um, Premier League clubs, and, and you know, the, the vast reach that they have now across fans of both sexes and, both, and all genders, um, you know, absolutely needs to be, you know, something that is used to their advantage. You know, over and over again, how many times have we seen Premier League players come out Against really good causes, you know, even over the last 12 months, Jordan Henderson, Marcus Rashford, the work that they've done for feeding school kids and, you know, working and, and trying to raise money for the NHS in the pandemic. All of this stuff is brilliant, but whether the players like it or not, they are in a position in the public eye where we need them to go again. Because right now, you know, all of these football fans, all of these female football fans, they need their support, you know, they need... They need to know that they're welcomed in the game. They need football to be an ally. Um, and, you know, that's just just something that's it's been bottled up over the last week of, of needing to call on Premier League players, call on Premier League clubs to start speaking out against this more often. And I think, you know, Leanne, Amy mentioned it before. Um, you, you, you dropped out briefly. Can you sum up, you know, not just as a football fan, or rather the other way around, you know, not just as a, somebody who works in football, you know, as a woman who does all the great things that you do and, you know, has, you know, the really valued sort of input and opinions on, on every, you know, show that we do. But as a football fan, how much would it reassure you? How, you know, how much would it give you a boost that, you know, maybe that, um, you know, if, fo if football fans begun to speak up, if football players begun to speak up, you know, how would that make you feel? How much more supportive would that make you feel? Yeah, I, d I do think it's it's a step in the right direction. I think it, it's a tricky one because when you're talking about actions, it it's not that I think Marcus Rashford should come out and take this all on himself and that Marcus Rashford has to be the beacon of hope to, to end everything bad in the world. I do think it comes down to football clubs. It comes down to how they want their fans to behave. It's it's kind of instilling this idea that football is for everyone, whether it's women's football, men's football, whatever it is, and everyone's welcome. And I think it's just being being open and supportive. It, social media is the reason a lot of it is stemmed in the last few years, the reason it's got bad. But there's also, you know, come back to Mel Reddy's article, she's saying that, that people do things in the streets. I've been on a train where there's been a bunch of drunk people from a game on a Saturday night. They've said, what are you doing on the train? Why were you at the game? Why was someone like you there? And I'm going like, why do you have more of a right to be at a football game than I do? Why do you think that I don't belong at a football game, but you do? 
And I, I, I just think it's reassuring people that they're able to go out and do things they enjoy. Go and better yourself, as Ross said. Go and start a YouTube channel. Go and write about football. Do whatever you want to do and try not to let people dictate what you can and can't do, whether that be football clubs coming out and, and instilling that from the bottom up, whether that be footballers sort of saying to their counterparts in the women's team, you know, we stand together. Man City, it has to be said, are really good at that. You know, they do their first team photos together. Their social media accounts are together. They bring a togetherness and unity to their teams. And I just think it's more clubs need to do things like that to raise awareness that there are female football fans out there. There are female footballers out there. And not all of them can be painted under the same brush as well, like like we said before. Yeah, it's... um. I fully agree with, with what you said, and I think it's a collective responsibility. And this is this isn't what this isn't what about three, by the way. This is kind of like everything that everyone's just kind of said is, is is kind of spot on. But you know, there's other people, other people are responsible. So you know, it's not just it's not just footballers. You know, film stars, other role models, government, education, us blokes. When you're in that you're in that you know boys will be boys mentality. And this is easier said than done. You know, if you see someone say something inappropriate or too far, you know, it's easy to say call it out. But then then what? You know, that's a, it's a, it's a small thing, but everyone could be playing their part. So oh, what's, what's kind of building up? This is great having this massive conversation, and I'm sure the girls will get to some point. Go, this this is great. Football's raising awareness is great. Dedicating a weekend to whatever else once a year is great. But you know, more needs to be done past that. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm more, not need, more needs to be done. I tell you now, women are doing all the right things, and yet they're still experiencing all this. And 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 I say all the right things. They're doing things that they shouldn't have to be doing. But every single time when they go on a night out, yes, they are covering drinks. They are telling friends where they're going. They're telling people who they're meeting. Women are doing all of these things that yes, they shouldn't be doing. But in today's society, they're all do they're doing the right things. They are keeping themselves safe. It's not the right thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's they're things keep, that, yeah, they're keeping yeah. themselves safe. They're doing the things that are necessary to do. And that's not to say, by the way, that if they chose not to do those things and they got attacked, then then they're asking for it and oh, they deserve huh. it. One I'm saying is that women have to go through all of these lengths and yet all of these women have to do that and yet 97% of them are still being attacked so that leaves the men that leaves it on us we have to be doing better yeah. we have to be doing better we have to be doing more there's so much more that we can be doing it is a case of asking girlfriends and and, and female friends you know what we can be doing to, to make them feel safer it is you know looking at we, we you know for two years i lived in a house with friends and it was five males and one girl and you know every time we went on a night out we, you know, we, we looked after her. We made sure that she was okay. You know, we kept an eye on her. And it's not necessarily a case of, you know, she needs looking after, but unfortunately she fucking does in the middle of a night out in town, you know, on a Saturday night because there are people out here that who wouldn't think twice. And, you know, it just, all the, all the stories that I've read over the last week, Mel Reddy's was probably the most high-profile article, but, you know, I read blog posts from girls that I previously dated and, and, and blog posts and people who were on my uni course and have never spoken up about these things. And it got me to the stage where I was like, we run this show every week. We have this platform and we tap into probably an audience who, you know, a, a large proportion might be quite ignorant or might be quite, um, you know, unaware of the situation. And, you know, we need to do this opportunity to kind of speak up. Um, Leanne? No, I was just going to say, I, I completely agree. I think it's it's also a chance where, you know, the, the last few weeks with, with women's football being um, shown on Sky Sports next season, that there's loads of opportunities for people to be able to speak up more and to not kind of, we ticked a box, we've spoken about it once, let's move on. It's keeping the conversation going. 
And I think you're spot on. There's there's loads of different scenarios, whether it be in football, whether it be to do with Sarah Everard, whether it be to, you know, the, the attitudes me and Amy might have walking down the street compared to the two of you. That's that's not to say someone might not attack you, but you probably don't, you know, put your hoodie up to kind of dress like a man or, or put keys in your hand in case you need to run, those kind of things. And there's there's automatic things that a lot of women will do that they shouldn't have to do. Yeah, I agree. And hopefully it is something that we can continue to talk about. Um, thanks very much to everybody who's listened. Thanks very much, Ross, Amy, Leanne, for joining me. Um, hopefully, you know, it's not the last of this conversation on this channel either. You know, this is something that we want to try and promote and discuss a little bit more often. Head over to the website for the rest of the Around the League content. As I said before, we discussed um, the Rainbow Laces racism campaign. We've discussed the Rainbow Laces campaign previously. Um, you know, we've discussed all the sensitive issues in football. And this is one that I don't feel has been discussed in football enough. Um, but as I said, hopefully we will you know, be able to revisit this at certain points during the season over on the website as well. So thanks very much for listening. We'll be back next week on the website with more Around the League content. See you later. Goodbye.